episode of Money Lab. I'm your host, Matt. Gonna get real up in here, Jivanisi. And we have a very, very special guest on the show. Joining me is the founder of Super Spicy Media and the science, oh, sorry, superspicymedia.com, I should say. Yes. And the science of facebookads.com, Moitza Jove. Or Jove. How do you say it? It's both. It wor- it's both? Both works for me, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to this ever since we, we scheduled it. <laughs> Why? What's, what's so, do you want to, like, do you go on a lot of podcasts? Uh, yes. And, um, per, like, personally, I've been following you for a while. And mm. I love what you do with your raps and everything. <laughs> I'm such <laughs> a big fan of those. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I will not be doing that this, this show. Uh, Although I thought about, I thought about, like, just doing like a rap in the beginning of every single episode, but I'm like the amount of work that would take to, I know, to accomplish. I, I written a song about Facebook ads uh, last holidays, like how Facebook uh-huh. advertising gets expensive during the holidays, and like the amount of work, like you said, just the lyrics and everything. Yeah. It's so it's exhausting. <laughs> Were you playing that on a ukulele? Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that yeah. was me. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, the lyrics. I, that's the the. The part that I love about making all their app music is I can sit down and craft beats all day. Like I can sit on my computer. I got these two big ass speakers. I could do it all day. And then as soon as I have to literally get on a microphone and rap or write lyrics, I can't do it. Like I oh, just, I don't want to do it. And yeah. then if like Steph's in the house, I'm like, can you go for a walk while I sing? <laughs> kind of. And then I like when I did my album uh, two years ago, I like had so much writer's block because I was like, oh, this is like the hardest thing ever. And I'm not really this person, but I smoked a lot of pot that whole month. Did it help? Oh, just yeah. It just like lowered my inhibitions and just like let me just say whatever the hell I wanted to. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And it's 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 a lot. There's a lot of uh, pot here in Colorado. So it was easy to (laughs) get. Yeah, not not like that in Slovenia. So I had to no. overcome. Yeah, I had to overcome really? all of those difficulties myself. Yeah, <laughs> but to be well, honest, works. Yeah, but like I, I I'm shameless. So like I don't even mind my husband listening in on me, where mm. where I like forget all the lyrics when I'm recording myself, and he's hearing that song for the fiftieth time. Yeah. So, but just the lyrics part that was really hard for me. <laughs> yeah, and especially if you're trying to be serious, mm-hmm. like I I. If I'm trying to be serious, I can't. I mean, I used to be in like a real band and we used to write real music. Yeah. And I was embarrassed by all of it constantly. And then as soon as I started writing like what I consider funny stuff, and then I'm like, oh, I could listen to that all day. Yeah. Like, I don't mind. Yeah. You know what I mean, I yeah. still don't like singing. I still don't like singing in front of other people, even though that's what I did for a long time. But I don't know. I can't. I got over it and then I'm not over it now. I would love to learn how to rap. So maybe like, you, you can teach me sometime in the future how to do that. Okay. I <laughs> feel like I, even I don't really know. I feel like there's stuff to you're learn. You're really but good. Yeah. I, I, really, you. I really like your style. So. Oh, thank you. White. It's called white. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the style. Uh, so I want to talk about the science of Facebook ads, which is your course and basically what you do. You're a Facebook's ad expert, right? You would call yourself that? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Uh, But before we get started, this episode is brought to you by... 
Money Lab Pro. You've been asking for it, and I finally made it. Money Lab Pro is a membership where you can access every single one of my online business courses and chat with me and other like minded business owners in the members only Money Lab Pro community. You'll also get access to my SEO, monetization, and blogging video courses, my YouTube and podcast video tutorials, my lightning fast WordPress theme, and so much more. I did the math, and Money Lab Pro includes over 155 over-the-shoulder video lessons and growing. Not to mention, it includes access to templates, processes, and spreadsheets that I use to run all my online businesses. And like I mentioned before, Money Lab Pro also includes a members-only community where you can share your ideas and get expert feedback to help you earn more money with your online business. Go to moneylab.co slash pro right now to sign up. It's super affordable and there's no reason not to check it out. That's moneylab.co slash pro. All right, so we're talking about the science of Facebook ads in this episode, but um, like I mentioned earlier, I, you know, I, well, at least I mentioned before the episode, I've been following your series on YouTube. It's called Changing Gears, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. And you are, are transitioning from a uh, expert, like a, a consultant and Facebook ads consultant to selling your own informational products. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And when did you start this? Um, I think it actually, like the process started a couple of years ago when I wrote my first ebook mm-hmm. and that's like, I got my first taste of like how scalable this can be. And I was like, mm. wow, this is fun to do. Like I write a book one time and maybe edit it in the future when Facebook releases new features, which is like pretty much every single day. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> however, um, it was really like just the idea of having a scalable channel where I can just, you know, write an ebook, do a cheat sheet, do a couple of videos and put them in right. a course. That was really interesting for me. However, I didn't take it seriously back then. Um, because client work still represented like the majority of my income, uh, and it was easy for me to get clients. So that was like always in the back of my mind, but never took it seriously. However, a couple of years later, um, first of all, I experienced a burnout because of all, I had 10 clients at the same time. Is that a lot? That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> That's like okay. 10, 10 different Facebook advertising strategies and working with those 10 clients every single day um, at the oh. same time. So oh. that that was really, it was exhausting. And I actually got fed up with client work. And I was like, there has to be a better way to live. <laughs> um, because yeah. like client work was my first um, taste in freedom. Previously I had, I was uh, um, employed at an advertising agency. Mm-hmm. And then client work was like, yeah, I'm free now. But then a couple of years later, I was like, well, not, not exactly because I can't go now on a vacation. Have, yeah. Yeah. Like, well, now you have 10 bosses, right? Instead exa- of one boss. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And, um, every time I went on a vacation, I had to take my computer with me because the ads were running. So there had to right. be someone there to kind of manage them. Um, yeah. so like I got fed up with client work and I took that transition seriously a couple of well, actually, it was a year ago when I decided to do my Facebook ads course. And mm-hmm. <laughs> back then, I just fired all of my clients except one or two. Whoa. Um, yeah, because I was just like, you know what? I'm never going to do this Facebook ads if course. You, 
Right. Yeah. If I don't make that first big step. So yep. fired all of my client, most of my clients and got down to work, but the process, it just takes forever. So I'm still in that transition. Right. And you, um, so you mean you're in this transition of like, you've, you've built the course, the course is done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that took you about a year. Uh, yeah, because like uh, there were some personal reasons. Um, yeah. so we had like a death in the family. So that kind of uh, set me back for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. And uh, on the flip side, like, uh, doing a course is just way harder than it looks. <laughs> I was talking to people, um, and they, they did a course on, I don't know, I think it was like, I don't know, software de- development or something. And they were like, yeah. yeah, it took me three months. I was like three months. Like, like I got this one month. Right. I got it. But it was just so difficult with all the recording and the editing and the notes and the cheat sheets and the PDFs that go with the course. And just talking about Facebook advertising is so extensive. There's a lot to tell. There's targeting, there's design, um, there's copywriting, there's strategy, um, just everything. So it took me quite a while. It took me basically a year. Yeah. And you did all that work yourself. Yep. Like record all the videos, do all the editing. Yep. 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 Planned out the course. Yep. I love to torture I, myself. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I've done, I've done, uh, five, six, wait, three, four, five, five courses. But I feel like my courses are not, they're not like nearly as difficult. Like I've done the last two I did in seven days. Wow. You know, and it's, and it's only because like, I'll, I'll sit down, I'll like write a rough outline. Like, like, you know, the subject very well. I know yeah. my subjects very well. And so like, I write down a, a basic outline and then I just like pull up um, ScreenFlow and I just riff. Like I just go. Like it's yeah. not, I, I've seen, I've taken a lot of courses where they're very planned out and they're like PowerPoint presentations. Is that what you're doing? Like that's, like, so I'm keynote. doing, I'm doing both. So I'm doing PowerPoint okay. presentations and I'm doing ScreenFlow as well. So it's okay. a combination of the two. Right. So I would do that. And then I would, and it wasn't, I didn't have that many like modules or that many like lessons. They would just be like 30 minute lessons and there'd yeah. be like seven hours of content, but I could do it in a single day. Yeah. I could just sit there for seven hours yeah. and just record. Yeah. Um, but I don't charge a lot of money for it. So, yeah. I mean, that's part of the problem too. And, and, uh, I can see that if I were to do it again and, and, and like I have an SEO course, like I would spend way longer on it and, and do it like. I mean, still do it my way, but do it, I guess, more in depth. Yeah. You know, so that way it's like a really big product instead of just something that like, oh, I I did this in seven days. It's really good. But But, yeah. 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 And that's, that's essentially what I did. So I created like the the whole modules and the list of the lessons that I need to record. I created Mm -hmm. that in advance and then bullet points for all of those lessons. It was really, really planned out. Um, Another, another kind of a hurdle that I had to overcome is like English is my, is not my native language. So, um, it's not really easy for me to record, um, a screen flow because I still like stumble from time to time. Like what's that word? What's that? Like, how do you, how how do I put that in a sentence? So, um, that was kind of another thing that I had to overcome and it took me a little bit more time than maybe a typical native speaker would. I don't yeah. know. Um, but yeah, like at the end, I'm really satisfied with the course. However, um, Facebook just updated their Facebook ads manager completely, which means oh, that 
I have to go back and re-record yeah. uh, most of the cor- uh, most of the lessons. So yay. yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I have an Asana course, and I've I've literally sat on it for three years because Asana did has made a bunch of changes, but I feel like the the framework is still good. Yeah, but yeah, now that they've, I mean, they have to almost completely changed at this point. So I have to go in and basically redo the course from scratch. Yeah, Facebook Facebook did the same thing. Like the mm. the layout is completely different now than yeah. it was a couple of months ago. So it's really frustrating. But at the same time, I mean, that's um, also one of the unique selling propositions of my course. Um, it will always be updated. So if you right. buy it once, you'll get updated lessons all the time. So right and. This, like, you started selling this course. Did you have a list prior to? Like, did you, I mean, because I know you have client work, but were you building a list and then like, okay, I got this big list. I'm going to like do this course. Like, I know I'm going to make some sales. It's not if I put this out there. Like, what happened during like, okay, I finished the course and like, I'm really trying to like shift gears from or change gears (laughs) from uh, going from, you know, client work, which... I mean, I don't know how, I mean, just to get as, a, as an aside, one client, is that okay? Having one client or? Yeah, yeah. Like for you oh, financially, like yes. it's okay? Oh, oh, oh definitely. Cool. Yeah, definitely. So one client so is like okay. going from 10 to one. I'm like, oh shit. Like, yeah, yeah. No, it's that. De- it's definitely okay. So okay. Uh, I kept that one client. First of all, I want to invest back uh, in my business. So I want to do Facebook ads as well. And I have, mm-hmm. um, I, I have to pay tax and everything. Um, right. so that was, that was kind of for me to invest back in my business, cover my rent and everything. Cool. Um, so one client is perfectly okay. Um, but then, I mean, um, I was making a, a, lot, a lot of money when I had 10 clients. Yeah. Um, and still that's like, uh, it's a financial hit that you take because you're sure. used to seeing like 10 times the amount, but mm-hmm. now like you, you go just back down to one client. Um, and it takes a toll, I think personally, um, on your self-esteem as well, because, um, yeah. you know, you go from 10 clients being the boss of everything. And then to one client, basically starting from scratch with product right. business, that was very difficult as well. However, I had, I think a good foundation because, like when, when I started super spicy media years ago, I always have been writing blog posts and I had like in the back of my mind, I had this feeling, okay, I need to grow my email list. I need to, because essentially maybe I want to transition to a product business. So when I was pre-launching my course, I had 2,500 people on my email list. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like the email list wasn't really, um, of really good quality, um, because in the past I did a couple of cheat sheets that attracted just the absolutely wrong audience. Um, oh. however, that certain percentage of people that were good actually enabled me to do a pre-launch before I even started recording the course and I earned 10 K from that pre-launch. And that was oh. a good validation for me. Yeah. Man, I, <laughs> everyone has told me to do a pre-launch and I just refuse to do them for some reason. Hmm. Why, why did you do it? Um, because I wanted to be absolutely sure that this is the right way to go. And I wanted to validate this with the pre-launch and say to people, look, you're getting, I don't even know. I I think it was 25% off. It was, I think it was 25% off. And I told them you're getting 25% off. I'm never, ever going to offer 25% off. You're getting this discount because I told them straight up, 
I have no lessons recorded. Um, and this is essentially me validating if this is a good idea. If it, it is, and if I, I think kind of my goal, I think was 5k. So if I get, if I get to 5k, I'm doing this. If not, oh, okay. I'm going to refund, uh, refund you just the whole amount. Um, and you blew past that. Oh yeah. In two days. Yeah. So I, wow. I opened enrollment or enrollment, <laughs> whatever, yeah. because it was a pre-launch. Right. So uh, I opened that for uh, 48 hours and in 48 hours I made 10k and I was like, okay, yeah, well now cool. I'm doing the course. Yeah. Yeah. And I had, I had like it was a push for me as well um, to just kind of hurry up with it. So, yeah. And then you did, so you did the course and then launch came because this is an open close course, right? This is an open close. Yeah. And is that because you are actually in it and like talking to people who are taking the course? Like, are you like ushering people through the course? So it's a, it's a self-paced course. Um, okay. however, I do try to be in contact with everyone that's taking the course. We have a Facebook group where we talk, okay. um, and kind of doing an open close. I, I'm doing it for several reasons. One of it, like one of the reasons it was recommended by me. Um, so I've talked to people who did both an evergreen launch and open close. And they said like open close just is the way to go. Um, right. so that's one reason. The second reason, if I do open close, that allows me to, update the things in my email, uh, in my course and kind of mm -hmm. open like here, like I have three new lessons right. for the same price, for example. Um, right. and it allows me to do other things as well. So, uh, that's, those are kind of the two main reasons that I'm doing open close. And when did you, uh, open it officially? I think it was, I think it was a year. It was a year ago. Well, oh, actually, no, ago. Oh, actually, no, a year ago it was when I did the pre-launch and then I, uh, then the like course. to the, to the course, uh, I, I recorded the whole course. I had the whole course recorded. I think it was, um, so August, 2018, that was the pre-launch. And then yep. I think until April, I had everything recorded. I think it okay. was like that. And then this August was when I did the official, um, oh, the okay. official launch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like everything was recorded and that's when, um, I started working with Amy and Alex, uh, and they were kind of mentoring me through the process of having a, a course launched essentially. And how did you find them? Well, we've been, <laughs> we've been yeah, yeah, we've been, um, we've been friends because, um, I've talked on their conference. So on bacon biz. Um, so I found them via that conference. We stayed in touch. We basically transitioned into some sort of a friendship and it was kind of my idea. I was like a couple of months ago, we were hanging out and I was, I, I told them the idea that I want to record a series because I, they knew that I wanted to do this transition. And right. I had an idea of recording a series called Changing Gears. Um, just me talking about this transition because I know a lot of people are going through the same things. Uh, yeah, totally. And they want to do the same transition. Mm -hmm. um, and my idea was like, look, I'm going to record this for you, but you're going to be mentoring me. So we both kind of, uh, because they are in this business um, and they were in for it. So we just kind of took it off. Sweet. Yeah, pretty good. And how did it go? The launch? <laughs> yeah, I kind of know I already, but I, I was I was disappointed. <laughs> yeah. So we did um like previously when it when I did the pre-launch a year ago, it was like awesome. not it, it wasn't uh, it was awesome in terms of revenue, but yeah. I wouldn't say it was it was half-assed. Um it just wasn't as deliberate 
as Amy and Alex typically do their 30 by 500 launches. So I didn't have like a long email sequence. It was just here, here's the course, here's the pre-launch, buy it, right. don't buy it, that's it. Yep. Um, but with Amy and Alex, it was different because we created a whole pre-launch sequence and then the launch sequence. So a lot of work went into that. I learned a lot about mm-hmm. copywriting yeah. and how to write good emails, how to write good blog posts. And kind of my goal was to do 5K with that launch. However, my sales stopped at 3900 which is just like pretty much like two sales away from 5K, yeah. but that's still like, it's still not 5K. Right. Um, so I was a little bit disappointed. Um, but later, as we analyzed the open rates and everything, we essentially found out what we already talked about. So my email list is not of really good quality. And mm. as we reassessed those results again, we were like, actually 3,900 is was pretty realistic. So yeah. 5K would be very, very difficult with that email list would be very uh, okay. difficult to achieve. Yeah. And then what's the, like going forward now, what's the plan? Is there, there, I'm sure there's a plan, right? There is a plan. Yeah. yeah um, cool. yeah. So right now, I mean, as you probably already know, I'm working on my email list. So yeah. it's, first of all, I have to get more people on my email list. Um, and I have to, but my email list qualified said, people. Co- correct. Yeah. Because like right now I wasn't doing that at all. Um, <laughs> second of all, what I have to do is I have to keep my email list warm. That's another problem yeah. that I, that I had. I wasn't really emailing my email list regularly. It was like an email every four to five months. So, sure. <laughs> so I that was that. pretty terrible. And it definitely, um, I definitely took a hit because of that as well. Yeah. Um, so that's the second reason, uh, that's the second thing that we're doing. And the fourth, uh, the third, <laughs> the third thing is what we're now trying to do is I don't want to rely on, so I'm going to open and close enrollment, um, probably like three to four times a year. However, okay. I want to earn some money between those times as well. So we're trying to figure out like what to do. And we're essentially thinking of doing online trainings for people, live online trainings, like paid webinars, essentially. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I get it. And uh, another thing that we need to do is um, we need to segment my email list because what we found out upon examination was that I have a split audience. So on one, and those are like to- two totally different audiences that are on my email list. On one hand, I have people who have their small businesses and they, they do Facebook ads for themselves for their small business. On yeah. the other hand, I have people like myself who do Facebook ads for the yeah, for their clients mm. and those are two totally different audiences. So we have to figure out how to address those two audiences and kind of what products to develop or maybe just decide, you know, this is the audience that we're moving forward with and kind of, you know, let yeah, cut the, out the rest. Yeah, correct, yeah. Yeah, or or like I, I talked to Brendan Dunn who has Right Message. Yeah, and the idea of like, well, he he sold one product for freelancers, which is like a big swath yeah. of the category. However, you know, he developed his two different sales pages: one for marketing freelancers, and then one for like developing freelancers. Yeah, and then it ended up they ended up like working the same, and it was just like changing the basic the language on the sales pages yeah. for those two types of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so. Where are you, how are you building your list? Are you going to, um, like, is the science of Facebook ads.com, is that going to become like a content-based site to like collect 
email addresses or are you going to use Super Spicy Media? Um, I think I'm going to use Super Spicy Media because I have been using it for all this time. Right. So uh, the science of Facebook ads essentially um, is used as a landing page for my course. Um, okay. However, we we were thinking of doing, beca- because I'm going to develop a new lead magnet and a new kind of a sequence for that lead magnet or like an email course that goes along with it. So uh, we were thinking of, because why not implement kind of the same thing on both of those sites? So if right. people w- visit the Science of Facebook ads, they can get that lead magnet and they can get, uh, they can uh, be put in that sequence. Or if they visit uh, Super Spicy Media, um, the same can be right. done. Um, right. But like I'm working, first of all, I'm working on um, lead magnets and uh, um, um, email sequences. Yeah. On the other hand, um, again, just trying to regularly publish blog posts, what's happening with Facebook ads, some good advice, good strategies. Yeah. And then, um, of course, following what Amy and Alex have been teaching for a while, like the watering holes, which means um, trying to, for example... Um, go on, like, go into online spaces where my target audience hangs out. For example, Reddit, where people are asking a lot of Facebook advertising questions. Yeah. Um, going on f- Facebook groups, for example, sure. a lot of my target audience, um, a lot of them hang out, hang out uh, in in those Facebook groups, and just going in there, giving advice, maybe linking to one of one or two blog posts, and kind of extracting what they are struggling with, and then writing blog posts about that, and kind of, that that works really well for SEO as well, and just kind of growing from there. Right, and so that's turning you basically into a media company at this point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which yeah. Is good. I mean, Which yeah, it's kind yeah. of. It's called ironic, super spicy though. media, so why the hell not? <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah. So, um, so how, so how are you doing with all of this, like personally? Uh, re- like it's been difficult. It's been very difficult. The the number one thing that I've been struggling with, and I I think I mentioned that in one of the l- latest episodes, is um, just the I- identity change, um, or like the the hit that that transition um, kind of took on my, uh, on my self-esteem and just, yeah. I was kind of, I was perceiving myself totally differently. Like I went from 10 clients to one, um, like it, it definitely showed like the finances are different. I'm not struggling yeah. at all. Uh, and my husband has a good job and I like the, my client pays me a lot. I yeah. sell my eBooks. I still sell, sell my eBooks regularly. So I'm not struggling at all. However, it's still different. Um, yeah. and it's still different being someone who's starting out um, because I'm starting out yeah. with, with the again. product again. Yeah. Like I did this for clients and it worked right. and now I took, basically I took a couple of steps back. So, um, or it depends on how you look at it. However, yeah, it's a different, it's a sidestep, right? It's not a step that's back. A, that's a, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. You know? Um, and I get that too. Like I've, I definitely know people who have gone from like, yeah, making a hundred K a year, you know, being their own boss to like wanting to do something different and wanting to be and, and build a more sustainable business so that yeah. they don't have to work as hard or, or have like a million different bosses, like all emailing you at the same time and you having to take your computer everywhere you go because like you got to put out fires when you need to put out fires yeah. or whatever. And yeah, that is not easy to do because it takes time. It just, you know, and it's like, and it, in that moment, in that time frame, it's like, there's this like, and it's hard to, I guess it's hard to explain, but I went through it. When like I had a I had a I had a condo, 
I was working a good job at a BMW. Like I was balling hard. And then I decided to start my online business. And I, so, I sold my BMW, got like a cheap piece of shit car, and then <laughs> m- like rented out my condo, moved in with my younger brother. Uh, besides my parents, I could have moved in with my parents or my younger brother. I'm like, uh, brother, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and then like just lowered my expenses and just sat there and just did mm-hmm. nothing but that work. And it just took like three years yeah. before I was able to like go, yeah. okay, I can finally like yeah. move, yeah. move out. Again, you know, if I, yeah. it's like I had this high moment, but then it was that's my it. choice too, yeah, right? Yeah. It's like, that's the thing you have to own is like, I chose to make this. It wasn't like, it wasn't like I got, well, I did get fired, but it wasn't <laughs> like I got fired and it was like, you have to start over again. Yeah. Fuck yeah. you. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And, and the, so the funny thing is that, you know, and I know like everyone goes through this and everyone yeah. comes back, uh, comes out of it as a winner. However, it's just really hard to have that yeah. in mind once you're in it. Like once oh, you're yeah. in that process, it's like really hard. Like I'm getting through this. It's just, it takes a toll on you. Like no doubt. Yep. And I don't think, to be honest, I don't think anyone around you can make you feel any better. Oh, de- right? definitely not. Definitely not. And it's I can like, yeah, I get it. I yeah. know. And I know I things he- are going to be okay. Yeah, exactly. And I hear people, like people tell me that all the time. And I hear yeah. from people that have gone through the same things over and over again. But it's just, it's not really making it significantly better. You're still like, yeah, but I'm still in this shit. <laughs> right, right. And I I've, I always found it cathartic. And I'm just like, as like an East Coast, like Philly boy, I just thrive on negative energy for some reason. <laughs> oh, I'm the same. I'm the same. All right. I like okay. being, I, I need tough talk. Yeah, you know, me too. I can't have somebody going like, you can do it. They're like, you can't do it, motherfucker. I'll be like, yes, I can. I can me do too. that yeah, shit. I'm the same. Yeah. And I just think like, I don't, like, I find it cathartic, especially on Money Lab, when I do like an experiment and I do like this thing where I'm like trying to make money and it doesn't pan out. And I know a lot of online entrepreneurs, you know, because of the fact that like, everyone needs to be PC or whatever. But they go, yeah, you know, the, the experiment didn't work out and it didn't make enough money. But you know what? I learned a valuable lesson and I think I can really turn things around. And I'm like, I go, that didn't work. That fucking sucked. I never want to do that shit again. <laughs> Fuck this whole internet business. I'm out. You know, like I just find it cathartic to be like, can't something just suck balls? Yeah. Right? Can't yeah, it just yeah. be awful? Yeah. And, yeah. and go like, yeah, let's awful. Let's all live in awful stew together. And then we'll all like eat our way out at some point. Yeah. And I, I and I've been, and I've been like that, um, on changing gears. Like when it sucks, I tell people like, it just sucks. sucks. It sucks. It doesn't feel good. Um, but on the other hand, I'm like, it's okay to feel really bad and it's okay to just feel bad about the launch and to maybe cry over it. It doesn't matter. Be mad over it. It sucks, but I'm like, I'm really open about it as well. Right. Right. I'm not going to like dress it up and say, yeah, like I know that I'm going to uh, be a better person at the, it it just, no, that moment, it sucks. (laughs) Yeah. But it builds character. It does. (laughs) You know? And, uh, I think too, like everyone should go through that. Yeah. And I think sharing that out loud and what you're doing is helpful not just for yourself, but for others as well. Like, it's like, yeah, this fucking is not easy. It's exactly. not an easy thing. Exactly. You know? 
Um, and, just, and being yeah. open about it and telling people that it sucks, I've got I've gotten a lot of comments and even personal emails saying, "Wow." I love that episode because you were the first person that told me like this sucks. You yeah. were like, yeah, it didn't go really well this point. But right. no, I just told them straight up. It sucked. And they were like, yeah, it resonates with me because I feel the same way. Right. But everyone like, I'm looking around and everyone's just sugar dressing it saying, yeah, it's going to pass. No. And I don't feel like that. <laughs> no. And I think it, and I think too, like you just showed transparency, honesty, and, uh what's the word i want to use uh like it's be it's like i you know one of the things that i say a lot about the internet and just people in general okay um i i i have a lot of opinions about a lot of things but okay i like I, that <laughs> I, I go i just and i don't know how to quantify this but it's like just be cool can you just be fucking cool for like a second like you don't have to like put on airs or like be somebody else that you think that i want you to be like Relax. Like I'm not yeah. here to judge you. I'm not here in whatever. And then when that when you can when you can put that out onto the internet, even in words or in, in video or whatever, like that builds trust. Because yeah. it's like, you know, that's why we have a shitty president. Because yeah. he doesn't fuck it, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I unfortunate, but yeah. I, I totally agree with that. So um and that's like I I wasn't I I didn't know if I was doing the right thing, being so honest and being so transparent and even saying like, it sucks. Um, however, like when I started getting those positive comments, I was like, okay, well, people obviously really need this just honesty and being cool about it. (laughs) Yeah. And it's going to make people buy your course. Hopefully we're going to see on the next launch. (laughs) I think, I think it will. I, cause I've experienced that with money lab. It's, It's just like people, are like I don't have a lot of people, but people are fans. Like they're yeah. just like I like you. I you may not be Pat Flynn and all <laughs> happy go lucky. I like Pat, but like I'm not him. Yeah, and it's like I like that refreshing take on what this world is. And so yeah. like that really like I have a really really strong email list and a really good relationship with my audience because I answer all the emails. I'm there. I'm doing the work. I'm yeah. sharing the the bullshit. And questioning the bullshit as well and going like, yeah, it's easy for me to sell courses and I don't have a very big audience. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which so is important. I think like that's one of the ways that I got my first international clients because I was on Twitter. I was always opened, mm-hmm. always very honest about like when something, when something happened that I didn't like, I always told my opinion. I was, yeah. I'm very opinionated. Yeah. And luckily, like I got people contacting me saying, can you do Facebook ads for us? I've been following you on Twitter. And I was like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm totally booked, but I have this wow. friend. And they were like, well, we will rather wait a couple of months because we want to work with you, not with anyone else. That's awesome. um, and hopefully like this will happen with my course as well. Um, again, it's just, it takes time, um, yeah. but hopefully I'm kind of on the wrong, uh, on the right track, not the wrong yeah, one. Right, Whoa. <laughs> right. Yeah. And now that the, the focus is not getting client work, the focus is getting core sales. Correct. Yeah. So yeah. it's just shifting like where you're, you know, diverting uh, yeah. that to. Yeah, it is. So, so let's like, I mean, all of that aside, Facebook, like that's what you do. Yeah. How did you start? How did you get started in Facebook ads? Okay, so previously I was working at an ad, uh, at an advertising agency, but 
we did just traditional media. So radio ads, yeah. TV ads, billboards and everything. And yep. um, <laughs> when Facebook got, when, when Facebook actually got started or whatever, when Slovenia got Facebook, um, mm-hmm. all of my, cl- all of our clients started talking about like, we should do Facebook marketing and we should do Facebook ads. And I was trying to push the advertising agency in that direction because I saw the need, but yeah. they were like, no, nah, this is new technology and it's not going to be around in sure. one year time. Flash in the pan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So essentially, um, I was just really, really pushy to the point where they fired me <laughs> and I was like, right. fuck, fuck that shit. I'm going on <laughs> right. my own and doing this <laughs> right. Facebook ads thing. Yeah. Um, so that's how I got started. And, oh, cool. um, I essentially started we're kind of helping my friend. He had an e-commerce store. He was selling like vitamins and supplements. Um, mm-hmm. So I implemented a couple of campaigns for him and I was doing like the Facebook page management and social media management and whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And the results that we were getting were really good. I was like, whoa, yeah. okay, this is really cool. Um, and that's essentially how I started. Um, I started then cold, cold emailing a couple of companies, um, got my first clients, paying clients like that. And then it took off from there. Wow. Um, what has been your biggest well, I guess, like, do you focus on a singular type of client, like e-commerce? Not, not really. Okay. Although e-commerce is not really my thing. <laughs> okay. So, tip, t- I don't necessarily focus on my on my on my um, web page. Um, it says that I work seven plus figure companies, which is mostly what yeah. who my clients are, um, and they're mostly software companies. So okay. I attract like the technical bunch. So SaaS, um, any kind of software apps, for example, I did have a couple of e-commerce clients. I can do e-commerce ads really well as well, but how, for some reason, I think like also because of my Twitter presence and because of the people that I hang out with, I do kind of attract the software people or software companies. Okay. So I have some selfish... Yeah. And, uh, well, actually product creators, for example, people who sell okay. ebooks, educational stuff. So right. yeah, those are yeah, kind of the my... two. Yeah. Okay. So I have, um, I've struggled with Facebook ads, which yep. is why I want to talk to you. Cause it's like, cool. I, and it's been years. I mean, like I, you know, I think I started the first Facebook ad for my company didn't work. I've hired consultants, plural, um, didn't work. And I, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I don't, I'm at a fucking loss because I feel like there's this, and I don't, and I, th- I know things have changed, right? From the first, yeah. you know, the early stages, like it was like, sure. oh my God, gold rush. And then sure. things have kind of tapered off. And the same thing I think happened with Google, um, like ads you yeah. know, in their, in their search yeah. results. But like, cause I used to do that. Like that was before my old job was doing uh pay-per-click ads at a luggage company. Interesting. So, okay. Yeah. Um, but and, and and for this and for an old pool company too, but I understood that world. Facebook, I feel like, is so much more difficult because not only are you you have to there's images, there's titles, there's like retargeting, there's uh, and then it's like I for this for the life of me, like the most recent example <laughs> is like I I have this site, Swim University, and we sell two digital products for people who own swimming pools and hot tubs and. That's where those people are. Like they are on Facebook. I know it, right? Um, I I couldn't sell a fucking ebook if I I couldn't. I tried for six months, I think, with the consultant. We were like, it was like at a, at a certain point, we're like, I don't know. 
Like, yeah, yeah. I, you know, and I, I've, and swimming diversity for me has always been that like weird animal that I can't really tame. I don't mm-hmm. really understand like how mm-hmm. it works, but um, that has been hard. And I don't know where, to, I don't know if I have a question. Uh, I just think like, like what would be your approach to just anybody who wants, who sells an info product? So my go-to um, advice is always to, if if you're starting out, start yeah. with retargeting. Um, so because with Facebook, I totally get where you're coming from. There are so many different options. You have retargeting, you have lookalike audiences. Yeah. You can, you can optimize for specific results. You can do just traffic ads. You can do brand awareness ads. Um, and people don't know where to begin. Facebook does try and make it really easy for people to like, they're trying, they're trying hard. However, whenever they introduce new features, it just, they get added in there and people who are just starting out are overwhelmed with all these features. Yeah, totally. (laughs) And like, where is it better to start with traffic ads or should I do like conversions? Should I do a lead bag? Should I just start selling? So my advice is always to start with retargeting um, and, or, or if you don't have a big enough of an audience to retarget, um, to do some sort of lead magnet ads. Um, so the number one thing, and I don't know if that was the mistake that you did as well, but yeah, I did all of them. I did <laughs> okay, look alike. Cool. I did retargeting. We did like, we, you know, just targeted other you yeah. know, cool companies on fit. Yeah. It was like, we did all of it. Like the, 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 the strategy was do a little bit of everything and then see which one of those things works really well and then like double down on that thing. Yeah, well, no. And it's just, it's too much to fucking it's worry too much. about. There's so many exactly. things. Exactly. Okay. So what I typically recommend is if you have a good enough of a, an audience that you can retarget and if that audience is of good quality, you can start retargeting people to a product that you want them to, to purchase. Really? Um, just like that? Because I've... How, I've yeah, go ahead. yeah. However, however um, that's only if you have enough knowledge about your target audience. So if you know, if you have all of that analytics behind you and you know, okay, so I have these stages in my um, sales process and they're definitely at this stage. So I can just show the ad to them and they'll buy. If you have that data, you can do that. If you mm. don't have that data, that's mm-hmm. the biggest mistake that you can do. Go straight to the purchase. So Instead, what I recommend um, is having some sort of a lead magnet and starting with a lead magnet campaign because you're going to be able to establish that quick win a lot faster with a lead magnet than it is with a purchase campaign where you're directing people straight to the purchase. So whenever you're selling any kind of product and you have lead magnets, um, just create a lookalike audience, a couple of different ones, maybe try a little bit of interest targeting and have one lead magnet and advertise that one lead magnet and see what happens with like what, which audience downloads the most and then double down on that. And as you get those people in your sales funnel, that's when you can start experimenting with purchase ads and seeing like, um, what's the cost per purchase that you can reach, for example. Um, yeah. Yeah. But that's typically like the biggest mistake is th- the biggest mindset mistake actually is people think, okay, well, I'm giving all this money to Facebook, so it better work. And the yeah. first thing that I'm going to do is launch purchase ads. And they don't know, they, they don't have that knowledge about either their target audience and either about Facebook. Um, so 
they're like they're they're spreading themselves thin and not actually getting anything out of it. What do you need to know on the analytics side of your current audience? Like, what is that? Like that mindset from I. So I get the lead magnet part. I feel like you know it would be this similar to like if you're reading a blog post on my site and I have a very good lead magnet for the very good thing that you're reading, and it's like yeah, it's going to convert well. Um, but if I'm just trying to make money like quick, cause my, my, mine, mm-hmm. I'm not like, uh, my business isn't, doesn't need a lot of nurturing. It's like, Oh, I have a problem with pool algae. Give me a fucking $49 product. Yeah. Um, what is like, what analytics do like, does somebody need to know about their visitors? Most important thing, for example, you have a lead magnet and you know, the conversion rate of a blog post visitor to that lead magnet. Another thing that you need to know is what's the conversion rate from that lead magnet to a purchase. Once you have that data and for example, what's the average uh, revenue per that user. Sure. That's, that's what you need to know in order to launch or in order to plan a purchase campaign for Facebook, because you need to know, okay, so if I invest this much money into Facebook ads, um, what can I expect to get out of it? Um, and those Understood. are, those are the most important data points that you need to have. Okay. And, and you and need then- to know, like, like something that you need to keep in mind as well is, or paid traffic is always going to perform a little bit worse than organic traffic. So mm-hmm. if you get, I don't know, let's say a 5% conversion rate with organic traffic, you can definitely, um, you can, like, you're not going to get that with pay traffic. So it's always going to be like a percent or two lower. So okay. keep that in mind when you plan it. So you're not surprised when like the results just don't add up. So really it's like before maybe getting into Facebook ads, and I should probably do this, I should really kind of segment my traffic and figure out what on my website is currently working. Like what is currently selling? Do you use any special tools for that? Are you just using like Google analytics or are you using something like, no. Yeah. It's typically Google analytics um, with like more of software uh, clients that I work with. It's mixed panel from time to time. Yeah. Um, So these are kind of the two like, but you should like, you should have a good foundation already built before you start doing Facebook ads. Got like it. if you have money to spend on Facebook ads and a lot of money to experiment with, like just do Facebook ads and experiment, sure. see what happens. If, But on the other hand, if you're trying to be really careful about things and you want to be smart with your investments and you cannot afford to lose, um, let's say a thousand bucks, it's a lot better to build that foundation and, for example, check Google Analytics, uh, compare the conversion rate, see what the conversion rate is, and plan um, your Facebook advertising campaign backwards. That's a much better way to start if you're trying to be careful about it. Yeah. And do you do that for people like when you when you work with them or do you just do Facebook ads? I mean, I typically do Facebook. L- luckily, like those seven plus figure companies that I work with, they have all of that figured out already. However, yeah. when we're doing the first assessments, when we're doing like the first interviews, I do ask them those questions. So one of my first questions are like, what are the conversion rates for these specific um, steps um, of your funnel? We try to calculate and I basically, I essentially tell them, look, um, you have this budget. So your budget is 10 K a month for Facebook ads. Uh, here's what you can expect with that money. And then they make a decision whether that makes sense for them or not. Huh. 
what about um and that's and that's essentially like that's all Facebook, right? It's like all anybody all any, co- any company would would work the same way. Does, Correct. Does um I guess does pricing of the product matter? Oh, I mean, definitely it does. Yeah. For example, if uh my my um video course. So the science of Facebook ads, the kind of the entry level package is essentially $500. I like, I'm not, go- and I'm a Facebook ads expert. So yeah. it, it, it would take me a really, really long time to set up some sort of a campaign that would turn a cold prospect to a paid customer. Yeah. Um, so if you're dealing with a higher tiered product, you need to set up a funnel in your Facebook ads manager that takes someone from, you know, that first step when they see your ad for the first time to mm-hmm. a paid customer. So in my case, for example, that would be yeah. maybe a brand awareness ad where they see my video explaining something about Facebook. Then I would retarget those people to a blog post. Then I would retarget those people to an email list. And then I would have them purchase my ebook, which is a little bit cheaper. So there will be like a whole funnel because I cannot expect of someone to purchase my $500 course if they don't even know who, who, uh, who am I? So I need right. to establish that trust beforehand. Um, and when I have that trust established, it's easy to sell through Facebook. However, you do need, like it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of work. So it's yeah. not, it's not really simple as just turning it off and turning it on. Um, right. but it does require it. It's a sales process. So you're looking at in this case for that specific product you're looking at facebook as a traffic builder right all yeah all, all of it all together is that like yeah. even even oh, right. if facebook isn't a traffic builder even if they come through a different source i right. still want to retarget them with my facebook ads so if they find my blog post organically i still want to retarget them with i don't know let's say a lead step. magnet yeah the next sure. step so um and you have that whole thing planned out you have like a a, a funnel in your in your process that's like, okay, a person needs to see like these five things from me yeah. before I can send them to a sales page. Yeah. However, like people think that planning a campaign or planning a strategy like that is really difficult. It's not. So what you need to do is just talk to your customers, people who have already purchased your product and talk to them like, what was the, if, if you don't know the process already, just talk to them. What's the process? And for example, I have talked to several of my customers that have bought my course. I've talked to them and I, I told, I asked them like, where did you first find me? Um, I, I could see that they have purchased my ebook. And I noticed that pretty much like 90% of the people that bought my course have bought my ebook as well. And that was just kind of huh. the, I, I, I planned backwards. So, you know, the, the, the step or the event that I want to achieve is a purchase of my course. And I went backward. Like what did they did before that? Oh, they bought my ebook. What did they do before that? Oh, they signed up for my uh, email course. And I went, I essentially worked backwards and I just flipped that around. And that was my sales funnel. Wait, so you actually, all the people that bought your course, you literally talked to them. Oh, for sure. You went on, did you go, I I know I hear this so much and I don't do it, but uh, do you go on like Skype with them or do you just like ask them in an email and just get some information? So I mostly, what I typically do is I ask them like, do you want to 
jump on Skype. Here are the questions that I want to ask you. You can also record a video if that's more comfortable. And okay. they typically just respond with a text email. So I give them, okay. like, I give them options. I tell them kind of the next step, but they typically just opt in and um, respond to that email. Wow. Just, and it's just one email you send. It's just it's one just like, email that I sent. Yeah. And I did that. Like, um, I sold the first pre-launch that I did. I yeah. got like, I, I think I made like 20 sales, which I, th- it's not a lot of people to talk to. Um, for me, I mean, it, it was, it was really valuable to reach out to each and every one of them personally. So that's mm-hmm. what I did. Sure. Yeah. And you found out through that process that those people, most of them bought your ebook prior. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And so then you're like, okay. And that was the, the, the one step prior to them buying your course was like yeah. the ebook and you were the like, e-book. okay, cool. I yeah. know that. But what happens if you, I'm worried that, um, like for swim university specifically, I'm worried that somebody lands on a blog post and does an Insta buy, like a, like a impulse purchase. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's maybe I'm wrong about that. I'm probably wrong about that, but what if that's the case? Like, what if they're just like, I landed on a blog post and then I just saw your thing and I just bought it. Yeah. Well, I guess it's better, right? It's a, yeah, a for sure. Less, it's harder. It's so, hard, so yeah. what I typically do is, um, whenever I implement a funnel, like we talked about for my clients, yeah. um, the, the, the spine of that is just retargeting every step of the way. So you have like the first level and then on the second level, you retarget people from the first level. Right. However, we still do experiments. Like what if we do, um, like we have like the, the final level, which is kind of the purchase campaign that we run. What if we just retarget people from the first step, not from the step before that, but like from the first step for what you're just saying, someone lands on a blog post, why not retarget them with a purchase ad? So we do those kinds of experiments on Facebook ads. If it works well, why the hell not? Um, right. Why you can skip all those exa- steps? Exactly. Yeah. So, for example, um, I have a client, and the first three levels of our sales funnel is we have a brand awareness campaign, we have a blog post campaign, and because they uh, they have a software, we have the third campaign is for free trials of that software. And the first thing that we did when we started working together classic retargeting of those, you know, you're retargeting people from the first level on the level two and so on. And then a couple of months later, we were like, okay, let's test now what happens if we just do cold traffic targeting for those free trials. And for one specific, it was a very, very specific audience. It worked really well. So we Uh. could just skip the whole process and go straight to free trials. But we like, it's all experimentation. So yeah, you need to test like both of these things out. Um, And like, if you find out a faster way to get to your purchase, why the hell not? So the, like the previous approach, it's more of a bulletproof approach. If you can find a different approach that's faster, just go on but with it. But you have to have that foundation first before sure. you can even experiment. Definitely. You don't even know where to experiment. Absolutely. What are what are some of the questions that you ask these people to find out like their their order of operations to buy your thing? So typically I collect that data in ConvertKit, for example, regarding the purchases. Um, but the I the one question that I get most value from is where did you first hear about me or how did you stumble upon me? And, um, they, a lot of them actually came through podcasts that I have. So I'm a guest. I have been a guest at a lot of Mm -hmm. podcasts and they found me through those blog, uh, through those podcasts. So I was like, 
cool. Maybe like I should do like a page and with like a blog post, uh, not blog post, a podcast embedded and advertise that and people could hear me. Um, mm-hmm. So I did, I experimented with that a couple of times. Um, but like, that's kind of the question that really, like I learn a lot from it. People find me through different sources. Interesting. Yeah. I think like I, I look at that question and I know my answer, which is Google. Yeah. But I Googled that, you. But yeah, but that's a, that's a really good start. That's a really good start. I mean, if and they, then, it, because they're proactive about it. <laughs> sure. Right. Well, that's, the, yeah. Then they're, and then they get to your site and then you ask like, yeah, I have a feeling that, that there's that, that I don't have a funnel. And yeah. so therefore like that's maybe the reason why I don't get a lot of sales or maybe because I don't know the type of person. So like, it seems logical, like on money lab where you you come to the site, you find that because I don't I don't have any search traffic on Money Lab. Mm-hmm, it's all mm-hmm. word of mouth. So somebody hears me in the podcast or somebody hears me and I have that information. Or like somebody else talks about me and yeah. links me or something. Well, I have that I have that information. And then they probably read like a blog post or two yeah. or three. And then they get an email from me that's like, I have a course on sale and they buy that course. And so I could probably like ask those people and I would be able to work backwards. And there definitely is a funnel. Yeah. Um, and I will do that. Uh, cause after, after doing that, after talking yeah. to you, uh, but for some university, I feel like it's such a one, it's such a small window of like, you Googled, I have a problem with algae. You find my blog post, you read that blog post at the end of that blog post, there's a thing for an ad or a, a thing for my product. And they usually just end up clicking over there and then buying it. Yeah. And so like, I wonder if now there's, that's just, that could just be one channel Right. Or it could be like I could find out, I guess, in this case, I'm like trying to work it out, like what you're saying and work reverse based on like not talking to jack shit yet. <laughs> um, and just going like, well, they'll probably land on a blog post and then they might subscribe yeah. to the newsletter and then yeah. they might buy through that. And so yeah. that, that makes the funnel a little longer. And those are going to have different conversion rates. Yeah. So right? another question that you should ask is what made them subscribe Um, not a lot of, I mean, there's a certain percentage of people that subscribe to newsletters or to, uh, courses, um, email courses, free email courses, whatever. And there's some sort of underlying motivation, um, Mm. from those people that do subscribe. So that's another question that you should ask because all of you, all of the answers that they give you, you can, first of all, you, you learn from those answers. Second of all, yeah. you can use that in your copy. So if that's right. a specific, if there's a specific reason that they subscribe, like, um, you really helped me with that specific thing. Uh, uh. you can just take that, uh, take that answer, use it in your copy. Um, uh, because if that's what made them subscribe, there's probably another person that will subscribe because of the same exact reason. Yeah. Are you, and you were, you're running Facebook ads for the, for your Facebook ads course? Uh, well, not right now, but yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Um, so the same, so I guess it doesn't even really matter at that point what type of business you are. That's kind of the way it works, right? It's, it's kind of figuring out, man, I feel like there's so much, that's probably the biggest hurdle is people don't actually know their conversion rates. Yeah. People don't know the conversion rate and they don't know a lot about their audience. Which is and like, you, if you don't know a lot about your audience, how are you going to address them effectively? So how do you know what message will resonate with them? Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, I find that a real, I always found it difficult to do like customer surveys, 
because I figure I just get the answer that I already know. You know, like I, every time I do a survey, I'm like, yeah, no shit. I got, I know. I've, I've met a million pool owners over my day. You're all the same. Yeah. Maybe you know? like, uh, I, I don't really know the details about those surveys, uh, your surveys, sure. Yeah, um, sure. but like may, maybe you're not asking the right questions, like the more personal questions that will, um, that they have to respond in a human manner. For example, like what made you convert and don't have like options, but just let the words flow. Yeah. 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 Just, you know, let them talk to you. For example, one of the questions that I have is what were you most struggling with before you found me? Um, and like the answers that I got, they are so personal and like they, it talk, they, they talk about specific problems that I can just um, use in my copy and they just hit the right points. Mm. Um, so maybe like you need to re- revisit those surveys and just give them more open-ended questions that right. will um, kind of make them respond in a really, really personal way. And how, all right. So there's, t- to me, I have two different types of businesses. I have like the info product business mm-hmm. and then I have a SaaS company too. And we haven't done any, um, uh, email or Facebook ad campaign for the SaaS company, but it's certainly something we want to do. Okay. Um, I don't, we have no audience pretty for the most part, besides like people at money lab, like we have we're basically starting at zero. Okay. Like, what do you do when you're, when you start it, when you have nothing, you just like, I just have a product and I just want people to buy it. Well, that's a, <laughs> That's a really simplified way to say it because sure. it's it's not going to be as simple as like I have a product and I want people to buy it. Um, there is a process like it's really hard to take people from, you know, not even knowing you to buying your product. So mm-hmm. typically my advice would be to start with um with some sort of a lead magnet campaign or like if you if you have a free trial if we have they a free can trial, yeah. so for example free trial works really really well um so just maybe uh communicating what your app offers um finding experimenting with different audiences and doing that um but before the free trial like uh, the level on top of that is brand awareness so you need to tell people what the app even does, what problem does it solve? And you need to put it out there. If you're starting out, people need to hear about the app first before they buy into it. So when you say you start a brand awareness campaign, which is like really super top of funnel, right? Super top, yep, yep. Um, what does that look like in a Facebook ad? Like what is that, like how are you constructing that? And and how are you, because you're not retargeting at that point, you're just choosing yep. a random audience or, yep. or not a random audience, but one you pick. Correct. So typically what we do is we have a video ad. It's a very short ad. We, um, talk, we essentially address the pain points that we know our target audience has and how we solve them. And we have a video for that very short video, max one minute, um, very, very short. And then we, the objective that we choose for the brand awareness is brand awareness. And then we retarget people who have engaged or watched that, that video with the free trial. And where are they like that? So that brand awareness ad is they don't have to click anywhere, right? They're oh, just no, they just they just watch the video. That's it. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so you're not really paying a lot of money for that, right? It's pretty cheap. It's pretty cheap. Yeah. Yeah. And and the video, do you recommend like somebody being in it or can it be screencast? Like I do recommend including people. Okay. Um, but like if you're not comfortable f- 
standing in front of the camera. Um, what we did, the first ads that we did, because we wanted to, again, validate if this idea is even worth pursuing, what we did is we just downloaded a bunch of really good stock videos of people typing on their phones um, and people being first frustrated, um, but like they looked really good. You don't yeah. want to go with those stale, sterile ones that look stock. Um, yeah. So we did very, like we bought very good um, and it, they were really cheap nowadays. So we bought yeah. those stock videos. Um, we hired someone to do the voiceover for us. And uh. then we had like an end screen with the URL and that was it. Um, so we didn't like, no one stood in front of the camera. We showed our software maybe for a couple of seconds, just like a screen of someone, you know, clicking yep. something. Um, but that was it. And it worked really well. And that's when we decided, okay, let's expand on this idea. Maybe show the app a little bit more, maybe record someone talking about the ad. Um, so that's, that has worked really, really well for us. And it doesn't and take a lot. It was just no. basically just editing a couple of videos together. We did this in a couple of hours and it was done. Wow. And then from there, you can retarget people who have watched that video. Yep. 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 You Got create, it. you create a custom audience of people who have watched that video from that specific campaign. Right. So even if that video was published on your page as well, or maybe is running in a different campaign, you can target people who have watched that video in that specific campaign. Now, uh, when you say campaign, I obviously then there's like three different like levels of yep. things, which has always been really confusing to me. And I've always been told that I should, you know, like create a, you know, there's like a massive campaign and then there's like sub campaigns and then there's like the ads themselves, right? Is that how it works? It's like, there's a three-step process. It's a three-step process, but like or what you're saying, a, that's our levels. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. But like, for example, we talked about the sales funnels previously. Yeah. So for, for example, like you have the brand awareness and then you have traffic and then you have lead magnets, whatever. Yeah. Each of those steps is a separate campaign. Got it. And then and within that. Within There's that, you have ad sets. That's kind of the second level of a sets. campaign, ad sets. Yes, got it. And ad sets should be different audiences that you target. So okay. ad set level is typically meant for experimenting and A-B testing different audiences. Okay. So we typically, uh, for, for our campaigns, we have, let's say, um, we have the free trial campaign and in the free trial campaign, we have 10 different ad sets, each of those ad sets being a different audience, because we're always trying to compare like in which direction to go, what works better, uh, and basically make decisions, um, after seeing those results. Right. And then each of the ad sets has one or more ads. And those are like the ads that you and I know. So text, image, video, whatever. Right. And how, when you're first starting out with this, I feel like, like what I was told was to create a bunch of, not, not a bunch of campaigns, one single campaign, create a bunch of audiences, so different ad sets, and then create multiple or at least two ads per ad set. Yeah. Right? So it is like creating a bunch of shit and then finding out which one is like performing well and then maybe just like cutting that out, putting more yep. money into that one or, or yep. creating it or just doing another one. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. So it's all like when you're starting out, you 
you don't exactly know, like you, you can assume what will work based on your customer interviews or in, if you talk to people who are, who are on your email list, you might like know the direction that you should go in, but you yeah. won't necessarily know exactly what kind of visual will work, will work best or what kind right. of copy will work, work best. And that's why the experimentation is for. So testing different visuals, testing different copies. What I do, what I recommend is to be like to start with one or two versions of the copy and then let's say three to five different visuals having that and then when you pinpoint kind of the two or three ads that work best just move in that direction so what i recommend is for example regarding visuals testing one on one hand a screenshot of the app yeah. Second of all, uh, maybe some sort of like a background and then text on top. Uh, and then maybe including a person and then without, without a person. Um, after a couple of days of running that ad, you'll see, okay, well, this um, image of the screenshot of the, of the app and this image of a person works best. Let's maybe double down on this and maybe uh, experiment with different people on the image or different parts of the app or maybe place that on the laptop so just d making different versions of those ads that work best. And that's how you kind of discover what really works for your right. business for Facebook ads. And I like the idea because I've never, I've not heard this idea of a brand awareness campaign yeah. first. Because yeah. it's like, and they're probably the cheapest because no one's clicking anything, right? So they're it's really like, cheap. Yeah. 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 And then you just get people to like know that it exists, retarget those people into clicking something, maybe yeah. just going to like a blog yeah. post or a lead yeah. magnet. And then the third thing easily would just be like free trial, yep. basically. Yep, exactly. And that's what we do. That's essentially what we do for um, for for my client. We have the brand awareness campaign. We retarget people with the traffic campaign. And actually, the brand awareness audience is the most effective audience running in that traffic campaign because they already know who we are. Yeah, um, they already have a little bit like the level of trust there. It's a little bit, it's happening. It's not exactly there. Yeah. Yeah. They've seen it before. And then the next step is the free trial uh, campaign. And that like that process works incredibly well for us. And the traffic campaign is just sending them to a blog post or sending them Blog post. If yeah, you not do the sales page, not the sales page. So don't, do, don't do the sales page. You, you want, you need to establish trust with your audience if you want them to purchase. And you're yeah. not going to establish trust if you send them to a sales page. What you want to do is you want to give them value before you ask them to give you something. So Got you it. want to say, look, here's this piece of value. Here's a problem that you have. And this is how we're kind of solving it for you. This is the advice that you need to follow. They read that, close it. Maybe some of them even um, sign up for the trial there, but like a lot of them just leave. And then we retarget them with the free trial campaign. And they're like, oh, well, I've seen this ad before. I've seen the video. They've gave me some value in form of a blog post. Actually, let's try this app out. Um, yeah. And that's like, it's been working really, really well. Wow, that's really simple. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's, it's not that hard. Like, I know like Facebook gives you so a many lot options. of options, yeah. but like, just you you need to simplify it in terms of like what works for you read mm. about some of the best practices but like don't overwhelm yourself start really simple and then double down on things that work right and i'm assuming at this point like your course covers 
this is just the surface. Oh, this is just the surface. Yeah. My course covers everything from even like the design, like how to design a good ad. Uh, We have a library of different ads that worked for my clients. Uh, How like we have a copy template that I typically follow. Um, So this is essentially just the surface. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I recorded the course for almost a year. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Uh, So what, so where can people go to, because obviously the course is like, as we're recording this and who knows when you listen to this, but uh, the course is, the enrollment is closed. Yeah. Um, you are planning on opening it a few times a year, you said. Yep. Uh, but where can people go now to like, if they're interested in Facebook ads as much as I'm interested in Facebook ads, because I'm talking to Andrew tomorrow and we'll be talking about uh, how to run this for Lasso for sure. Uh, where can I go to like, Sign up, get some like value, right? So get some yeah. blog posts. And then perhaps when you open the, the course, yep. get it. So you can go to superspicymedia.com. I have a lot of blog posts already on there. Yeah. So get some bit of value there. You can sign <laughs> yeah, right. up for for uh, for the email list there. Or if you go straight to the scienceoffacebookads.com, I have a waiting list there, but the waiting list will add you to the um, email list. And I... Like now I'm sending or at least trying to send out very valuable emails every single week. So you'll really? definitely get, yeah, I like it's, it's hard work, but yeah, I'm, hard I'm work. learning. Uh, but yeah, like right now, actually, before I got on the call, I was just creating um, uh, like a cheat sheet of because Facebook changes things all the time. Yeah. Uh, and I was creating like the ultimate guide for um, Facebook image sizes um, because yeah, it changes constantly. It's yeah. And I want to have like, I want to have that on there updated every single yeah. time Facebook changes things. So I was just creating that because I'm sending that out this week. So yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, so, um, it's super and the science of Facebook ads.com. Correct. That's it. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This was uh, this was a lot of fun. Was it? <laughs> I loved the different topics that we covered. So from yeah. changing gears and the tra- transition, just struggles um, that come with that to Facebook ads. I loved every yeah. single part of it. Well, if you if you ever want to come back on, you're more than welcome to. We we have repeat guests. It's not like uh, I have to interview a new entrepreneur every day. It's <laughs> not what awesome. I do. I would love to yeah. come back. Yeah. Cool. I appreciate it. Uh So thank you so much for joining me. And I also need to thank Jessica Baldwin for sending in my new middle name, which is going to get real up in here. And you should head over to moneylab.co to read more about our business experiments and challenges and email me, matt at moneylab.co with topics you'd like us to discuss on the show. And feel free to send me a new middle name like Jessica did. I appreciate that. If you like the show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Player FM, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you normally listen to podcasts. And when you do, please leave a review. Okay, that's it. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Please tell your friends about this show. 